I know, right, I know what your intro is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 29th episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. Some say you'll find him naked, washing his hair in a small and gentle stream, or at the back of a large Asda car park, drinking warm white lightning and shouting at passers-by for not giving him a fag. It's Paul Bentz. Good afternoon. Oh, actually, it's good morning. Sorry, it's one of those days already. Well, whenever people were listening, I suppose. It's just us two today, actually, isn't it? We, no guest. We're guestless. the two of us. Sans guest. You, you can't do too many bars of that, or I think we get um, PRA'd. <laughs> 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 they would, wouldn't they? They'd come after us. Well, I suppose it's only fair, isn't it? If if you murder someone's song, you should pay. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said in there. What do you say, bud? Some, we should have maybe a singing competition today, because you used to be in a band, and I've never been in a band, so I thought at the end of the show today, you've right. got to sing three lines from your favourite song. Okay. I've, and you've got to sing them. Mine's an <laughs> instrumental. <laughs> oh, I've got a zero appetite to sing, mate. Particularly on a recording where I, I have to listen to it back when I edit. I'm not having it. It's not happening, mate. Maybe was, one day. Maybe one, one day. day. There would need drunk. to be a lot of alcohol involved. Okay, we can do that. We can we can provide alcohol. I mean, it's too early at the minute. We're recording it. It's not even 10 in the morning yet. This I, is a, this, like, we've, ne- we've never done this time. We're both quite fresh, aren't we? Perky. It's like, I feel like I'm a... I'm drinking a coffee. I'm like a kangaroo in the Australian outback. Happily... Bouncing along the I'm getting actions morning. and everything. You, you guys are just going to have to imagine what's <laughs> happening because I'm literally getting actions. I wanted to chat to you today, Paul, and I've been dying to ask you questions for like the last week and a half. Just been putting them off. The Not So Far Project. Yes, So mate. Paul and I spent an afternoon, didn't we, just sorting through loads of projects up, up at the uh, Paul Bent's household, sticking photos to the wall like a madman. I think we ended up with like 90 photos. Yeah. Where, where are we now? Well, I think we have, I think we're close to um, final layout, I think. I mean, it's really, I think I've got to a point where I... You, you've put them in a, a maquette, in right? A, put them in a maquette. I've got them in a in book. A and I, I kind of, I, I literally done this really old fashioned. I've got like an old... A moleskin, quite a, an A4 size moleskin book, and I've been literally got blue tack on the back of the pictures, and I've been sticking them on the pages, and and pulling them out, and then sticking them back in, and then pulling them out, and then one day last week, I must have had a real weird moment, and I just started writing alongside the pictures, um, and I, I'm not sure the writing is going to go in the book at all in any way, shape, or form, and I don't think it is, but um, it was quite fun. But that sets your layout, right? You're not like moving pages around once you started writing. Exactly. And, and it kind of, um, it was kind of verbalizing what the images meant if they did mean anything to me. And, and I suppose it's one of those questions of, you know, is it purely observational? Like, so are, are we looking at a book of observational photography with, with the story of the pictures that you, you, you're, I'm asking you to look at, at people? Um, right. But I did go a bit crazy. Like I was writing stuff down, which I, I've not done really before. And I kind of liked it afterwards, but then now I'm reading it back and I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever show it to anybody. I right, I'm going to okay. read, read you what I wrote because it's like, you know. It's just the ramblings I, of a madman. 
it's just about like I was like okay maybe I'll give you I tell you what, I tell you what we can do right because maybe this will kill two birds with one stone there's going to be a lot of people listening that maybe haven't seen this work yet yeah if, if you want to see any examples of this go over to Paul's Instagram at Paul Bents UK I think yeah that's me yeah yeah uh, go, go over and have a look at his Instagram there's loads of um, photos on there with the little subtitle not so far and the, a lot of this stuff is being pulled together in a big project uh in a book that's i'm assuming it's going to be a book or a magazine or a, a website yeah. or a well this is the question again that we keep floating around and i think there's pros and cons to both right there's there's you know if, if you look at it on a purely cost perspective then making a zine is cheaper um it's you can probably do it on your own. You don't need a massive outlay. Maybe, you know, you can, you can do it relatively cheaply, but still nicely. I mean, I bought a zine of, um, I, I keep, this is like my favorite zine I've ever bought. Right. And I bought it for 15 quid and now it's worth 150 quid. And that was only like two years ago. This is one of your jazz mags. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called Israeli girls, believe it or not. And it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely little zine. It's, it, it's just, I can't, what's the name of the photographer? Hang on. I'm just going to reach for it because it's there. So I guess the other thing we could do just while you're hunting around for this magazine, I'm going to try and describe roughly what's in these pictures for people that are driving or whatever, and they can't sort of immediately jump and have a look at some examples. The, the work is really, really beautiful. It's close-ups of generally people's faces and their hands and it's it's kind of otherworldly. It's it's difficult to describe. It's a, bit, it's a bit surreal in parts, isn't it? It feels like it doesn't belong to a person. I mean, and I've been thinking about this myself. Like, um, you know, how 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 did it this? Like, I've been shooting this for a long time. When I looked back over the work over the last ten years, I mean, and I I don't think I'm alone in this. But like, you 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 begin to shoot subconsciously maybe things that you that interest you and I, I i i always you know i've shot street photography for about 10 years and and i i kind of towards the end of those 10 years you get a bit bored because you keep seeing the same things and it's re repeated and I, we've had this talk with luke and with a few other photographers and i think part of part of this project has come out of boredom of of seeing the same street photography, the same thing over and over and over. And, and so, you know, my, my brain thinks, well, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Where, what is interesting to me? What is, and, and when you look at a person and when you're out on the street and you're looking at a person, you know, anybody can take a portrait or a, a, it's not about that. It's just about noticing, I don't know, the way the hair falls on a coat or the way, that somebody holds their hands or somebody's, you know, touching the headscarf and readjusting it or the way that just the hair looks in the light. There's so many different variables that once you begin really to look closely at people, um, I think there's something, not magical, but there is a, some, there is this sort of weird. It's a little bit magical, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah, there's something about it. Um, do you know, I think. Like when when we were going for it, we looked at a lot of photos. I mean, I can't keep track of how many hundreds of photos we've been through before we even got to the stage where you sort of printed everything out and we were blue tacking it to your wall. There's just the the thing that I found really incredible is it sort of cuts to the chase of the thing that you might notice about somebody that is their character. Like, mm. do is there something that they do where they're touching their face in a certain way? 
And then because you've been doing it for so long, like you say, it's been like 10 years, there's lots of photos that kind of the symmetry between, you can tell that they've been taken sometimes years apart on in, in completely different places. They're different people, but they're doing that. They're, they're kind of, they're manifesting the same actions. I d- it all sounds a bit woo woo, but I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting work, Paul. And I think the the thing is, is people tend to do this thing. And I, I know I do it as well, where the longer they work, the wider they work. Like, um, so you put on a wider lens and you try and get more and more and more in a frame and you're trying to bring order to lots and lots of chaos. And that's what kind of motivates me. And I think that's what motivates a lot of other people, but you've gone like the other way in and you've like narrowed down. And I think that is probably why this work looks so unique because no one else is doing that. No, everyone else just goes wider and wider and wider and you're going tighter and tighter and tighter. (laughs) So, so very doit. <laughs> there's, there's some really shocking language in this that I may or may not tidy up in the edit. <laughs> some really bad descriptions. Of... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I've fallen in love, in love and out of love and in love and out of love with this project multiple times. Um, and I think, I think one of the interesting things is when you leave it and you come back to it, it, it kind of, oh, you go, oh, God, that's all right. Ah, that's all right. And I was, you know, I, I had lots of those moments where, um, I'm looking through images. I, I probably didn't even look at, at the time, you know, where you've, you've left things for, you know, this, this, like I say, this is, I've shot this way for a long time and it, it was never really going to become a project of any sort. But actually, once I began to start digging a little bit, they were everywhere. Like I, I could not go through my stream without going maybe 10, 15 images where there was this type of image that was shot this way because I'd seen something in a person. And so it makes me think that I've always shot this way, but never, it, it takes to maybe 10 years to realize that there was anything. And, and it's taken you saying to me, hey, Paul, actually, I really like this work. You should do something with it. And I think having external voices maybe nudging you towards, um, an end goal is really helpful. Like we've talked about the lieutenants before. And I think, mm-hmm. I think there's something in that, that, that like, I think this is your voice. I, I, I know it's like something we've spoken about before in the past about finding your voice. And I don't know if I think of a Paul Benz image for me, this is the first thing I think of, Like this work is, is you as, as far as I, it kind of feels like I'm pigeonholing you there and maybe I don't mean to do it. It is what I think of when I think of you, Paul. Like these images are exactly your style. You know, you said earlier about um, you've you've been writing words, and you said maybe <laughs> you'd you'd have a little read of some. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you'd like? Any of those ramblings that you don't mind so much? Just reading out because I'm interested. Like this, I can cut this if you really want me to. I just, I'm just. I'll, read, I'll tell you what. I'll read them. I'll read them to you, and yeah. you can decide. Right. And if it stays and, or goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Because I, I, I don't want to detract from the work, right? This genuinely yeah, isn't me like having a laugh at your ramblings. I'm actually genuinely interested in, in what you're writing next to this, to this work. Yeah. It's interesting. I, it's, and it's, it's a bit cheesy. Like it was kind of, it, it's, it's cheesy in places. So, you know, but, uh, <laughs> what, what is it? Bernadette said to us, 
poetic and lame. <laughs> poetic and lame. Yeah, um, we're all poetic and lame. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> oh my god! <laughs> Do you know you have one of those big breaths? But so okay, so it's it's, it's kind of a little bit of poetry, right? And and right. I'll tell you why it goes back to this is when when I first picked up a camera, maybe. 20 odd years ago, mm. I was, before I picked up a camera, I had a really traumatic experience. And when, when it happened, I started writing poetry, like just like I've never written a poem in my life. Okay. And this experience happened and maybe it was just a way for me to process what was going on. But I just like, honestly, I must have written about 200 poems in the space of three months. And I, 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 I don't think I'm a poet, right? Let's get that clear. But it was really kind of that cathartic experience of putting everything that you've gone through. And when I read back through, I look, I came across them on an old drive. Oh my God. It was like, but, but the amazing thing is, you know, people say that photography and poetry have a similar, uh, what's the word? Um, feeling. I, I, don't uh, I don't know. There's, there's a similarity between them because you're anyway, but just to say it was the, the poetry came before the photography and then one of my friends got a camera and then that was it like I was away I, I, I my mum and dad had a camera and I used to go and shoot and the poetry kind of slipped away and the photography became the thing and there's something I I I, I think there is a poet in me dying to get out but I, but I've never really rated anything I write because I think it's a bit cheesy and a bit um What's the word? Uh, just simple, not complicated. Do you know um, what? I, do you read any poetry? Yeah, I, I've read loads of poetry. I've, I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever really, outside of English classes at school, I don't think I've ever really read any poetry. I think I've read a little bit of Rumi, is that poetry? Yeah. But that's, but that's it. Like, I've not really read much. Anyway, so I'm going uh, Okay, okay. This is, I'm going to read the first one. Here we go. Okay. okay. I can't see you, but I can see you. Those lines trace your outline, shaping you, revealing you, but never really showing you. And that's it. That's all I wrote. Right? That's nice, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. You're laughing nervously because you've just read something out that's a bit personal to you. But this, that's not embarrassing. Okay. I thought you, like when you were saying it's going to be embarrassing, I thought you were going to hit me with something like, roses are red. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. And then, uh, oh my gosh. So th these two, the one of the woman touching. Okay. Her, right. Her yeah. Hair, and just there's a one of a close up of a woman's hair, right? And it says, <clears throat> Do I know anything about you? Can I make any judgments? How quickly they perish, those idle thoughts that tell me nothing. And that's it. That's all I wrote. And again, you're doing the nervous laugh, like, I, I should be but berating it's, it's, you for it. But I, it's good. It's interesting to hear, like, your thoughts or, or what you're thinking about. When I'm viewing those. the pictures, right? Those, those, yeah. That, that, and that's where I was kind of, and it just came, like, do you know when you have one of those moments and you're just looking at the pictures and I thought, I'm just going to write down. And then I was just, you know, it just kind of, but again, I don't know if I'd ever, you know, it's because it's, yeah, like I, I don't know if you'd want to maybe put nah, those those nah. words in a book. Like, are they are they, are they tied to that image tight enough where where you want to put that out in that way? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they are. I'm not sure that they are. To me, it sounds like you're exploring this work in in a few different ways. You're still trying to feel out the way that you're going to arrange it in a book. Yeah, and 
this is you exploring that again this this work that at the time where you take these photos I can't imagine there's much of a thought of anything running through your head. You're probably just focused on that's caught my attention. I'm going to photograph that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's true. And I, and I think it's know, interesting some, to revisit this stuff, right? Yeah. And I think you go back over it over time and you know, whether uh, I, I think there's something to be said for just letting the, put the pictures speak, right? You put the book people like we talked about this lots of we like, mm. and I think, I think I've come to, I've come round to the way of thinking that it doesn't need any introduction or any text, and it just it, you just turn the page and you see the image, and you're I I don't want to force you into thinking like me, right? Yeah. I don't I don't, and that's what the words do for me, and, and maybe and maybe sometimes it, it, it like for me as a personal maquette, which is just helping me trying to understand what the work is about. And I think I've asked them, I, I, like when I sit down and sometimes I'm, you know, like, what the fuck is this work about? What what am I trying to say? But I don't have to say, I, I keep getting back to this, what am I trying to say? And I don't have to say, I mean, it's not for me to say, it's what, it is. and this is the point that I, yeah, sometimes yeah. It, 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 it confuses me and it takes me off on a path that I, I, I don't need to go on. And, you know, it's, it's good, it's, it's good in that, putting it into a, a maquette and, and flicking through the pages and sticking images side by side and, and changing the layout and, and, you know, having, having strange layouts where they're not, like we talked about where, how the the picture sits on the page, whether it's top left or bottom right or, and the size of the pictures on the page, all of these things kind of influence how I think you feel mm. about the product and even the paper, right? In, in terms of like this, um, this Tel Aviv, Eiffel book by this Jan Yaniv Edry. Um, the paper is beautiful. It's like it's it's a matte paper, but it, it's not. It's something about it. Something about the texture of the cover and the book that that adds to adds to the feeling of it. It adds to the pictures. It doesn't distract from it. It it it, it it's a weird tactile thing going on. Um, I, I think it's exciting. I, I just I like the idea that you're exploring this work again in a in a meaningful way. It's not just you're looking at the pictures and you're saying, "Okay, this is a a guy with a headphone cable hanging out his mouth," and there's another person with a headphone cable, and you're like, "You're not just." It's deeper than that. The way you're looking at these photos is deeper than that, and and that I think will make the whatever the finished outcome is, whether it's a book or a magazine or whatever it's going to be, I think that will help, right? It's not, I, I mean, we talk about not rushing project. This definitely hasn't been rushed. <laughs> and I think, I actually think the work is better. The, uh, it's not better because of time. It's, it's better because of, of, I think, the, what's that word in, in music? Is it staccato or stop start? It's, it's yeah, staccato. that's staccato, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit, you know, it's it's been like that all the way through this project. Stop, start, I did something else. And that's the way my brain works. You know, I, I think once I get bored with something, I have to move on to the next thing. And, and I forget about what I've done previously. And then, you know, years later, I revisited it, revisited. And it's, it's, yeah, how I've, how I, I've changed over those 10 years as a photographer. And obviously, um, the work has changed and, 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 it's, it's, it's just a difficult labor of love making a, a book and making something that means something to you. I so think that- you were right though. You know, earlier on when you said about, um, 
the more you think about it, the the more you think maybe it's just going to be the the images and and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the conversation we had with Martin Salter, isn't it? A couple of weeks ago, he he was basically saying the same thing. You you can ruin the art by putting Even too much information. Too, in. Yeah, too much information, making too, it too, too direct. It, it should be down to the viewer to work out what what it makes them feel. You don't walk around an art museum like you, you don't see a Francis Bacon painting and it says like this is how you should think about this. It, you just it is what it is. It exists and it makes you feel a certain way or it doesn't. And surely that's what makes it good or bad, right? Absolutely. And I think th- this idea of trying to um, get feeling into your work is a difficult thing, right? It's, it's a really. Uh, but like, do you have to? Well, well, but, you, but, but like, but don't you want like, okay, okay, let's, let's go back a step. If you were listening to a piece of music, right? Yeah. You want to, you, emotionally, it takes you up, it takes you down, takes you sideways, it can take you lots of different ways, but you wanted to do something. You wanted okay, to make you feel right, something. Right. We're having two different conversations here. As an audience, for whatever the work is, you're absolutely right. It needs to make me feel something or I'm not going to like it, right? Yeah. But as an artist, you can't approach it with with the idea already planted in your head that this is specifically what this is the outcome right surely you you have to just create the thing and it either works or it doesn't and that may dictate whether or not you put it out for public consumption but you can't create with that in the back of your mind because it's I don't know I feel like it's just going to water it down maybe right there probably are creative geniuses out there that can do that that, that can just sit down and say, I'm going to write uh, a soulful song and or, or like, I, I want this to connect with this particular person and give them emotions of this and this. Maybe that person's out there. There's, well, I, I know those people are out there. But I don't think I'm one of those people. I'm not a creative genius. I think, personally, I, I think I just have to create and then it either is or it isn't good. And then I, I decide... Any of us are geniuses, all right? It, it comes. I think the the, the, the skill and the, and the it's the persistence and the endurance is right. about keep doing it, right? And then the more you do it, and the more you look at it, and the more you stick it on your wall, and you move it around, and you stick it in a book. All of these things, like the, all of these processes, are fine tuning the final product. And and I I don't think like trying to trying to the feeling the way the book makes me feel, right? So how do I feel when I turn the pages of this book? And, and, and I, I'm kind of in like, wow, that's like, like when I'm, I'm looking at a picture of a woman's face, really close up creased and she's old. And honestly, it's like, I'm looking at an aerial map of Africa or something. I, I it takes my, my brain to death. And I love that about this work. And, and maybe, you know, that a woman smoking a fag really close up, but it, I'm, I'm not interested in the smoke. I'm interested in the way the light catches her nails. There's, there's so many, like, even in the close-up detail of people, there's things that you don't see that when light hits them or, or because of the closeness, I can see the hairs on this woman's face. And, and you know, and it's just, uh, there's things that it's, it just allows you to maybe, um, what's the it's word? Like the, it's, it's finding beauty in, like, the mundane shit that no one even gives a second thought to it's going to be super weird right but you know we're we're all like an animal of a certain size and we don't notice details that are much much smaller if you used to think like what is it like to be an ant 
these might be the details that probably not an ant. It needs to be something bigger than an ant. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Paul Redkin, this is going really badly. A dick dick. A dick dick. It's a small antelope. (laughs) A what? A a dick dick is called. A dick dick. A dick dick. Oh. Yes, it's a a small um, African antelope found on the plains of the Serengeti. Right. I reckon. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how we got here. All I'm saying is, I, I think these are the details that people don't notice. And they're there, they're in plain sight, you see them, they're just a small part of a bigger picture. And I think by doing what you're doing, it makes them the picture. Jesus, that took us a fucking while, but I think that's what I was, yeah, but I was the, trying the, to say. Yeah, the, and, and you know, it's, it's so strange, like you would never think looking at the back of a creased shirt could be that interesting, right? You know, but I look at it and I, I it makes me, like it's probably one of my favourite images, it's just a white shirt with creases all over the back. And there's a bit of light and a bit of shadow. I don't know. It just, I, maybe it's just me and I'm a bit weird, but there's something in. And, and then if I put that creased shirt against an old woman's face with creases on her forehead and you put them side by side and you look at those images and you think, wow, man, Bensie is a fucking genius. <laughs> but no, but it is. There's some, there's something in the creases of a shirt and the creases of a forehead. And when you put them side by side, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, what's, what did I, that, that effect that I told you about last week that, oh, that um, can you remember? It? I'll find it. It's it, it it this kind of a famous filmmaker that when you put two things that shouldn't be alongside each other, it does, makes your brain go, woo. It was, um, it wasn't so much that shouldn't be alongside each other. It's just basically you can change somebody's, um, perception of something yeah. by, by showing two things back to back so you could see the same it this was in film right yeah what it was basically saying is they they could show you i think hitchcock did some of this as well didn't he and they were saying that you could see the same bit of footage of somebody just stood there and then maybe it can cut to an old lady and then back to the exact same footage and then to a bowl of soup and your brain will impart different emotions on that person that was just stood there even though it's the same footage the Kuleshov effect. Kuleshov. I think there is something to that. And I think the sequence, particularly with your work, where it, it lives in that other world that we've spoken about a whole bunch, where there's not necessarily, I think there's one or two images where you can just see someone's grinning like an idiot or whatever, but it's, it's, it's not in your face with the emotion, right? You can see it's people that are kind of lost in their own world. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell. Like, you don't know whether or not they're happy or whether or not they're sad or or whatever and it's it's really interesting to see that work and i think you're absolutely right i think if you sequence it in a certain way you could impart certain emotions onto some of those photos just by putting something else near it and that's what's really amazing it, I, and i think that's why i like it so much is that when when i've been sticking them in the book um and it's like i've, I've rearranged it like at least 20 times um but you get there, it begins, it begins to form in front of you. And it's like, like I haven't looked at this because I've been away for a week and I've just opened it for the first time. And I'm like, oh God, I quite like that. That's, that's quite, mm-hmm. and it's, it's that, it makes me smile when I look at it, I suppose. Cause it does, it does a weird thing, which I didn't think it would. It makes me happy, which is a strange thing, isn't it? Like, I didn't think it would bring that, like. But you should be proud. It's really good work. It, I, it, we were talking about this, what? two episodes ago so it was like a month ago and we were basically teasing this saying it would be out around now 
that's obviously not happened. We're, no, we're, we're not still that a maquette. Still a maquette, but I am from what I want to do is um, I want to show you this book. Basically, I want to show a few other friends the book where it is right now. Before I'm not going to change another image. I'm just going to leave it as it is because I think it's quite good. I think there's a few things that need to go and a few things that maybe need to stay. Um, and I'm hopefully seeing you tomorrow with a bit of luck. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring it tomorrow. We're going to have a look at it. I can show Josh as well. He can have a look. The goose. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was to be a goose noise. Um, and I think I got Peter Clarkson, another one we've had on our pod. He's going to be doing the design for me. So mm-hmm. Peter's on standby, ready to go. But I, but I, 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 I love reckon this has turned into a little idle hands project. <laughs> cool, Who else it? could have a look at this? <laughs> I might get Alfred to have a look. Alfred needs to have a look. Yeah, who, Alfred who, should have a look. Who who needs to have a look for me? Yeah, there's lots of people, and I got Nick, my friend, who's a designer. You can have a look for me. Yeah, and it's the, like the question of zine versus book. That's that's kind of, and it's 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 a it's a case of once it's been designed, by but I got to make the decision. You really. got to do that before. Yeah, because of the size of the book and all of that crap. So I kind of, but maybe, maybe, maybe the key is to do the maquette, get that done, and then that's proper. I think, I think, right? I I can see you, you're with the bent mind jumping from place to place, right? So I think what you should do is get the layout sorted, not yeah, not from Peter. Just just work out what order you want to put them in. And yeah. then order a coffee table book from, yes, from somewhere. Right. I, I've got a couple of contacts through the wedding photography stuff. Uh, but also order a magazine. And, and okay. then just like... Just see which one you prefer, basically. Yeah, but I think, I, I think I'd like... I'm, I'm hoping I'm able to get it out before Christmas, you know? I, I don't think it's... And, and if, if I go the zine route, I definitely think that's achievable. But if it's going to go the book route, I don't know so much. Yeah, I uh, think it'll be... I think it'll be next year, to be honest with you, mate. I, yeah. I can't see how you're going to get this done before Christmas. Um, you might have a release date before Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, But I don't yeah. know that you're actually going to get this book into people's hands before then. But if you are interested in this work and you're listening along and you've got views on what it should be or what it shouldn't be, not that they'll necessarily be taken into account, but I'm sure Paul will be interested in yeah, I, hearing I, that, what your thoughts are. Absolutely. I think um, at the stage is that you're always like, you know me, I'm, I'm, the, the single goal of this project is to get it out, I think, because I think in, it, it, it's, it's lived for 10 years on a computer and um i think it's 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 i i enjoy looking at it and i think i think um it's it's just a different view of the world of people of of things that you wouldn't normally see and i, I you know i i yeah it it's it's uh how do you describe a labor of love a labor of love it's exciting yeah, it's exciting, and, and and you know, I I I am proud of it, and I think it it's I think it's one of those pieces of work that uh, will look good on your coffee table or in your bookshelf. Um, you can give it to your grandma for Christmas or your your sister. They they'd love to see this. <laughs> You're already trying to sell them. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah, buy I, six. I, 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 <laughs> I can't wait to buy my copy. I honestly, like, I'm, I'm not even doing a sales pitch here. Like, this is, 
I remember the first time I, one of the first times I reached out to you and I've done this to a few different people basically saying, I need a book of that. Can you put that in a book? When is the book coming out? My money's waiting for the book. There's an empty bit on my shelf for the book. Like get the book out, please. <laughs> and I know that you're one of the people that had to put up with my persistent <laughs> contacting you and saying, please, for the love of God, get this work out. Cause I it just, <laughs> it belongs it doesn't belong in Instagram. That's where it doesn't belong, right? It's, yeah, yeah, too, yeah, it's yeah. too small. You, you can't see Instagram. It's rubbish. I want to be able to sort of hold it in my hands. I want to own it properly. I want to, you know, like live with those photos. And you can't do that on a screen. You have to be able to pick them up. And I've, I've done the same to you. I did the same to uh, Jason. You know, Jason, we've spoken to. Yeah. His work needs to be in a book as well. It's incredible. And there's a, a couple of other people, Matthias, is it? Matthias Swig? Yeah. yeah. French photographer. Fucking amazing. He was doing all this work around the uh, Yellow Vest movement, the the protests in France. And again, that work was fucking amazing. I say was, I mean, it still is. But I'd love to own that as well. There's just so many people that they just do these really amazing projects and then they just live online. You just think, come on. The work is deserving of a bit more, I don't know, I was going to say respect, but that's probably not the word. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like that shouldn't be the the final resting place of that stuff. It, it should be in print somewhere. Well, well, hopefully we'll get to that point, Daniel. We're we're closer than we've ever been, but still a million miles away. But I I, I think there, there's something to be said now for pushing the next stage. Really, is show you boys. I'm going to show Peter. There's a few people I want to show. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to do Maybe I need to do the maquette in InDesign now um, and move it into that point myself, just do a basic InDesign. And then at least you, you know can... what? I wouldn't even bother yet. I, I would get the images looking consistent. Yeah, you're right. D- do the edit on the images first and then do your final high-res export and then do your InDesign. You're right. You're right. You're right. See, that's why I love you. Bless you. Um, I, I think you just need someone to <laughs> keep you on track. That's, I do. I need, I need exactly that. I think, I think it's like, again, it's really hard when you're doing it all alone. And I, I, you know, brain goes on to, uh, full on ADHD mode. Yeah. Looking at some 19 year old dancing on TikTok, eating a banana or something is ridiculous. I mean, it's just insane. That was a very specific example, Paul. Is that something that's been distracting <laughs> you a lot recently? Or There's a lot of banana eating TikTokers, I have to say. <laughs> A TikTok is like, tell me about TikTok, right? Because I don't know anything about TikTok. TikTok is another world, mate. It's, it's literally um, children right? Um, dancing, okay. singing. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. It's, 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 like, it's like Instagram on acid. Okay. <laughs> is, is, it, gonna... is there going to be a, a full-on artistic community that exists on TikTok? You, you know how like street photography has been almost shaped over the last five years or so from, from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is, is there going to be a yeah, TikTok a f- generation of, say, street photography or something? I think there is. I think there is already probably. I am looked personally. I, I, I've only been on it very vaguely. I mean, like, I don't even have it on my phone anymore. But I, there was, when it, my first sort of uh, poked his head from behind the, um, the dust cart, uh, I did have a look, and, and to be honest, yeah, it's it's, it's not for um, middle-aged men of a certain age, unless you're kind of one of those weirdos. But let's not go down that route. Um, 
So, yeah, anyway, TikTok, I, I don't know. It's, it's above my pay grade, I think, to be honest with you. I think you might like it, though. I, I don't know. I downloaded I it. I think you, I was on there for all of about 30 seconds and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but it's, God. it's the same. It's the same, right? I, I got on Instagram, Jesus. I, I think I was on Instagram within the first year of it being released. Okay. And then I deleted it and then started all over again. But it was... Um, Back then, it was the same. It was just like a deluge of just rubbish, like absolute rubbish. I, when I originally downloaded Instagram, I literally thought it was um, like photo editing software. That's how oh. in its infancy it was because there was no, like the social part of it wasn't that social. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was all so, about filters, wasn't it, when it first came out? Yeah, yeah. It was meant to look like film cameras. That's right. And I was trying to make my stupid iPhone 3GS or whatever look like a film camera for some stupid reason. I just, I just wanted to play with like my family photographs and stuff. And I remember I took a picture of my mate's car and I was like editing this picture. And then people started commenting on this picture of my mate's car. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Why can other people see this rubbish? <laughs> Why are they commenting on my mate's Austin Martin? <laughs> it was a Supra. It's a twin turbo Supra. It's very 90s. Uh, I mean, one more thought on the book that, it, that, that, you know, the text versus no text mm. is, is I, I got a, a book recently. Um, and I'm going to tell you the name after because it's my shout out, but he let you see all of the pictures. And then there was a small paragraph at the end of the book after you'd seen everything. Um, which I think is, is maybe an option as well. I don't know. Again, I, again, it's this point of, how much information is too much information? And I think I think I have come round to the idea that it's just going to live with with pretty much no text at all. I think I just think there's something. It's it maybe it's too brave, and maybe I'm being um, a wanker. But uh, I don't think so. I I, I honestly yeah. think. But I just want people to look and make their own minds mm. up and opinion. And there was a point where one time I was thinking about going. You know. I've talked about this before, but how much information do we need to accurately judge someone, right? We make judgments all the time, every second of every day. We're yeah, something. we should have touched on that earlier, shouldn't we, really? Because that yeah. is one of the really interesting things about that work. Yeah, and that, that's where, and I've, I've had this thought quite a lot through it, is like, how much information do we need to accurately judge a person? And uh, we're making those judgments, even from like, you know, the, 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 the woman's hair or the crease of the shirt, you know, or the way somebody's hands are held together or the creases on somebody's back or the way somebody's got his hands in his pants. You know, we're, we're making judgments and we are still even from like the guy with his Levi hands in his pants, you know, that photo. And I, I it, like you, I'm just looking at it and thinking, Oh my God, you know, who's this guy? He hasn't got a shirt on. He's got his hands in his pants. He's a teenager. I bet he's smoking mm. weed. I kind of, you do, you're forced to make these snap judgments because the other parts of the information are taken away. You can't, there's no faces in this book at all. There's no eyes. You never see an eye. Um, and that was intentional. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I know. Cause we were sat there, weren't we? And there was a few photos that really, really we wanted to put in, but there was just that hard line of no eyes. Yeah. And I think it's important because like, you know, you, we see faces and faces are photographed constantly. Um, and by just showing you the lips of a person or the chin of a person, uh, you really do look at the lips and, and, and it, it just 
Again, I think it just forces you to slow down and reevaluate what you're looking at. So it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm looking at some of these lips. And maybe, maybe it's just me again, because it's weird. But there's something in that. There's something in forcing you to look at something and then, okay, what judgment am I making? What am I thinking about this person by? And sometimes you're not, you don't really, sometimes there are moments in, in with a few images where you're like, I don't know what I feel about that, actually. Um, and other times it's quite, you know, it's, it's, it's quite obvious. Like, you know, you, 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 you're the, the stereotypical traits that we've been forced to think people like you know, because they dress a particular way or they follow a particular clan or, um, probably all of those are so inaccurate and, and like those judgments we make, they're meant to help us and to keep us safe. Right. And to, like when we were on the Serengeti, um, chasing, Dick Dicks. Dick Dicks. Dick Dicks, exactly. Um, it's kind of kept us alive, I suppose, being able to accurately judge our surroundings and the animals around us and, you know, steering off into the horizon, making sure there wasn't a cheater about to kind of bite you in the ass. Um, but, and we've still got those, we've still got that judging technique, but I'm not sure how in today's society, how accurate it is and how helpful it is. Because, like, I, I guarantee you that on these 29 episodes of the Idle Hand podcast that we did, I may have made a judgment about every one of the people we've spoken to before we spoke to them. But most of the time it was completely wrong. Like actually all of the time it was completely wrong. Mm. It, they, they weren't the type of person behind the photographs. And when you get to meet them, you know, and talk to somebody, that completely changes, right? It, it completely, your, your, um, and even when you speak to somebody, you still don't know, if you judgment... know what, like we had this conversation the other day, didn't we? Where I think this is something that Tanya had said to me the other week, and I think maybe I relayed it onto you in in a really terrible way. But we we hold a version of everybody we meet in our minds, right? And you might be sat there thinking, "Oh, that's such a Dan thing to say." Like this is the way he would act, and you're kind of running a like a simulation of how you believe that I might think or anybody else that you meet might think. And the reality is you have no fucking idea what's going on in anybody else's head. Like we all. just don't, we have no idea. And I, I, I think it would be really interesting, although we'll never know, but it would be really interesting to see how this work is received by maybe the people that listen to this podcast and have heard you talking for over 24 hours at this point. And also how it is received by the people that don't know anything about you and they just see the work for what it is. And I, I just wonder whether or not the people that now understand you a little bit better, maybe they will be like, I totally get, I totally get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's int- it'd be really interesting. It'll definitely, there's, there's, and, and so, um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's you know, do do because they spoke, they've listened to me speak uh, for twenty nine episodes. Are they going to look at the work and see Paul Bentz through the back of these images somehow in there? And I think you can. I think I, I am in there somewhere. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to. I lost my train of thought a minute. Sorry, man. Uh, I probably distracted you. But I, I I think that people that know you, yeah, will see you in these images. And I think the people that don't know you will probably build up an image of you just by seeing the images and they might think that you're a certain type of person maybe 
maybe they'll be right, maybe they'll be wrong. But I, I know that we've done this, like you say, every single person that we've spoken to, we've had that moment where you have a perception where you have understood their work the way you understand it. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, okay, I understand your work completely now that I've met you. Like, I remember Alex Wilby was a, a good example of that. His work's really quirky, like all his drawings and his paintings are a kind of quirky is such a stupid fucking descriptive word i didn't i didn't mean quirky. alex wilby's work is so quirky but it's it isn't the normal perspective on things right yeah. and once you meet him you're like oh okay right i kind of get what he's saying Like i couldn't hear it before but now i hear now i now i do hear it and i wonder if there'll be people that look at not so far the people that maybe have listened to you talk for a little while and they'll immediately they're like, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It, well, it'd be amazing if they do. It'd be amazing if they, they, they manage to look through it and think, oh, cool. And I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's something else in the book as when there's something that's kind of, it's, it's beginning to, to seep into all of the work I do, I think. And it's always been this, this idea of the gentleness and the kindness. And there is a gentleness to these images. If you like, there's, there's, I'm, I'm, but it could also look like if you didn't know, if you had never met, met Paul Bentz, you could also think, look how ridiculously close these are. This guy must be obnoxiously like aggressive. Mm -hmm. But you do like I think that's one of the things that I'm actually. If you ever came out on the street with me and saw me, you, like, I am the least aggressive person you'd ever meet. You and know? I think just anybody that listens to the podcast will know that, right? Yeah, yeah, but. There, there may, if you didn't, you, you, if you didn't you know might, what was yeah. happening, yeah, you, may, yeah, I think, you may just think, how is this person getting these shots? Yeah, how is this possible? Like, I, I've, had, I've had a friend ask me this week, um, he said to me, like, I've been looking at your stream, how, like, how are you getting that close to people without them going? But people in London, you know, I'm, I'm not hiding, I'm not ducking around corners and... You're you know, hiding I'm, in a bus stop, aren't you? Yeah, just standing <laughs> opposite a bus stop watching people. And there's one bus stop. I got my, my favorite bus stop in the world. And it's, and it's, it's, it's like a, <laughs> Who it's, has a favorite bus stop? <laughs> it's like a Your gold top five mine. bus stops go. <laughs> to, Tutin bus stop. It's like a gold mine. If you ever want to get a good picture, there's a bus stop in, in Tutin opposite Primark. Wonderful. It's like, it, it's, do you know why it's so good? It's because it's, it's, it's the flow of people that it, it goes, like it's constantly evolving. It's constantly not, it's not static and it, it really changes quickly because it's like, there's about 10 buses go from this one stop. And, this is uh, the one where you're known locally, right? The shopkeepers in the area are like, oh, you're back out, Paul. You got, you got, you're <laughs> shooting is, people at the bus stop again. There is, there is, um, uh, a, a greengrocer's that sells fruit and virgin. Every time I come, the guy always smiles. He goes, oh, you're taking pictures again today, Paul. What are you doing? Close-ups. <laughs> Where's he from? Because I, I can't place the accent. <laughs> uh, I know that's nothing to do with the guy. It's everything no, to do with your accents. Yeah. Uh, where was he from? Oh, he's, he's, he's uh, I think, somewhere in India. <laughs> right. Okay. Somewhere in India. Yes. <laughs> we, we say hello every day. Every time, I, like, he smiles at me and he, he gives me a knowing glance. And I sometimes photograph people taking fruit from his store. Right. Okay. I, I think that's something that a lot of people miss now is like sticking in an area long enough where you're kind of part of the furniture yeah i think you get to know people and you you know i do know I, like if i go to tutin i i know you know 
I know people in the market, I know people in the shops, I know the guy in the phone shop. I mean, you do, you do. And I think it makes it easier for you to create work because you're trusted then. There's a there's an element of even if something goes shits up and some guy grabs your camera, like people around you, there's people that you know. Like I can walk to most of Tutin High Street and there's somebody in one of the shops or one of the greengrocers or in the market or in one of the bars, like... There's guys outside of Weatherspoons, like they're always there smoking and drinking. And I, you know, I've met, I've taken loads of pictures of them and they, they, they just know me. So it's, 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 it's not like, it's not that. It's, that it's I, a deeper connection, right? It's like the whole book. The whole book is a deeper connection with those people than, than it looks like it could be on the surface. This isn't an aggressive confrontational photograph of somebody's like hand obnoxiously close. These these are no they're quite, more gentle, they're, they're more considered more gentle, moments. Right. Yeah, you know, this like you know, I'm I, I intentionally gone for patch and there's some moments where there's just an arm and there's the cut of the trouser, the fabric of the trouser makes I don't know, it's really difficult. It's this like I say, there's this surreal element, but I, I'm hoping, and I think it is, I think it's in there, there's this moment of gentleness and kindness. Like, my daughter's in a few of the images, of the, like, grabbing um, leaves from a tree, and there's, there's just, it, it, it's just in there if you're, I think... If, if you, you look take for it, it it's Yeah, if you take it, I, I think I, it is I, anyway. I think you did it, mate. I think, I think I can see it, and maybe that's because I know you, maybe it's not, we'll never know, but people will decide, and... <laughs> Let's see well, if we'll I can sell seven copies, mate. Let's see if I can sell seven copies. Seven copies? You'll seven sell seven copies. <laughs> There's like seven people that you've got helping out of the project. You'll sell seven <laughs> copies. Okay. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do some shout-outs, mate? Because I've, I've yes. got a call soon. So I've, yes, I'm let me just grab jump. my book. I'm just going to grab it. It's behind me. I'll run downstairs. One second. This week, I am going to drop a book called You Can Call Me Nana. Um, it's released by Overlaps, Overlaps Books. And the photographer is called Will Harris. Um, and it's a, what what it's kind a, of work is it? It sounds like it'd be documentary, is that right? It is. It, it's, it's a mix of photos, old photos of his, his grandma's old photos, yeah, mixed with documentary photography of her house, um, and where she lived, um, the grandmother's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it is really like, uh, this is, this is one of the books that has the, as the book, as the text at the back of the book. Um, and it's like a little story about her life. Um, and she had, she had dementia. She, she basically in her old age had dementia, but you can tell that, right? The beautiful thing is, by the time you get to the end of the book, you've kind of worked that out just by the images alone. Um, how, how uh, I don't want you to give away the, the kind of, the whole gist, an, but, but how is it you work that out by the end? I don't know, but, but this maybe it's because of the decay of the house, you know, maybe it, you can see there's something. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, and it's, it's really like the, the way, she hangs her dress up on one of the doors. The bathroom in her house is like, honestly, it's, you know, if you looked at the bathroom, you can see that this, like, 
it, it does it. It's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. It's a really lovely piece of work. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, and I, yeah, so like the text confirmed to me what I was thinking after looking at the pictures. Um, but it's really beautiful. Will Harris uh, overlaps books. You can call me Nana. Is this a, is that a uh, recent book? Has that just come out? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's relatively recent, yeah. I got it from our old friend, you know who. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wood? Mr. Wood, yes. Photo book junkies. Yes, Weekly yes. shout out. Go yes. Davis. But it's, it's got like these bits, there's like these little... Um, oh, little pull-outs. Pull, pull-outs in it, of, like she wrote How to Make Waffles. And, and, and you, you know, you, 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 like, if you think about it, like, obviously you, if you have dementia, you know, you need, even I'm not sure how, how far on with dementia you are to, to be able to make waffles mine. But, but yeah, there's, there's just little, it's, it's really cleverly done. Out. It's really tactile. It's really, again, it's, it's the same paper as, uh, this Yanni Vedry book. And it's something about this paper that I'm going to bring it to you tomorrow and you can feel it. Um, and you can see that, but it's it's a bit sad in a way as well, right? There's a bit of sadness in it. Yeah, it's, of it, course. Melanch- melancholy. Like I get, like you know, you can see that the at the mo- at the beginning is like pictures of her happy and young and spiteful, and then there's like there's even got like um, I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, the, I can see that. It's like the, the the house she bought. She kept the the the, the advertising thing that went in it. And it's just, it's just wonderful. It is. It's a really, I recommend it. It's one of my favorites this year. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to do a really quick one. Where is Will from? Will uh, it, ha- um, the photos look, I, I don't I know. I think I it's see kind of palm trees and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm see if I can it doesn't matter. You. Sorry, no. man. No, I was I, just I, interested. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's States. I think it's America. I think, right. I think. Um, and one more really quick one, because, and I don't think he's got any left anyway, but Luke's book, True North, wonderful little book. Luke Saxon, by the way. Luke Saxon, yeah, sorry, Luke Saxon. I, I, I think it's beautiful again, the way he, he sequences this. I is, can't believe is, I missed out on this. Yeah, I think there's only a hundred he made and, um. They're all gone. It, yeah, that, that is fabulous. It's, it's, if you've got any left, Luke, give me a shout. Yeah, yeah, and if you need us to buy more so we can sell them for hundreds of pounds in years to come, then, you know, we'll, we'll take a couple more, Luke. We'll take a couple I don't more. even want one to sell it. It's not an investment. I just, well, it is an investment, <laughs> but I just, do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to, nah, I beautiful. just want to see the work in it's print. It's really beautiful to see it in print and to feel it. And I love, this is the best bit about Luke's book. He gave you one of these. Just a little thank you star. Like from a market. I love it. I love my market. Thank you star. Cool. <laughs> very, very northern, mate. All right, lad. Fantastic. <laughs> so there you go. Right. Love it. Love it. Um, so my shout out this week is, uh, he, I mean, he doesn't need my shout out, but it's The French Dispatch by Wes Anderson. Went to the cinema, haven't been to the cinema for bloody ages. Me and Tanya, we watched The French Dispatch and it is the most Wes Anderson thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. It's peak Wes Anderson. It's peak amazing. <laughs> Okay. What, what's, what's the um, cinematographer's name? Robert, Robert Ye- Yemen? Is that Yemen. his name? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. He, you can tell that the two of them are just totally clicked in together. It's, we got the, um, what's it called? The, the, the screenplay, like the book. Yeah. Before the film, film come out. 
And I was just reading the descriptions, Wes Anderson's descriptions of what needs to be in every scene. It's the most visual thing you've ever read in your entire life. It's completely batshit crazy. Because I'd read at least the first few scenes in this book, when we watched it, I was like, holy crap. It's almost like Robert has worked through his Wes's scenes, almost like a checklist. You can like see, okay, I've got this. I don't know. I've, I I almost see the Wes Addison movies in a slightly different way now. You know how kinetic they are and how quick the cuts are and yeah. you're seeing things with perfect symmetry and then it cuts to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I don't know. It, it literally, <laughs> the way it reads is like, um, like I say, it's just like a checklist. It's, it's really bizarre, but it's completely amazing. Really, really good movie. I kind of walked out of the the cinema not really knowing what i'd just been through because <laughs> mm. it, it's like several stories that all intersect together it's just it's very very clever really enjoyable um and i can't wait to watch it again it's it's pretty good so anyway that sounds good dan sounds good yeah yeah i don't i don't normally shout out a movie i think i've done it once or twice before but but yeah that made an impression we watched june the week before that and that was really cool too but it, it's not wes anderson it's not wes it's not Wes. Good old Wes. Right, okay. Well, that's us for another another couple of weeks. We'll, we'll speak to you guys in a fortnight. Thank you for checking in. Um, I should probably sign off probably, shouldn't I? I so, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? What was that? <laughs> that, that, um, was, that was me heavy breathing. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll just go with it. Um, give us a follow at Idle Hand Society on, on Instagram. Go and look at Paul's work at Paul Bents UK. Check out his Not So Far work. We've just been talking about it for an hour, so I feel like you should probably go and look at it now. Um, Please. That's it. We'll catch you in two weeks' time. Hopefully, we're, we've got a few guests we're trying to line up. I'm not going to ruin it by putting it out in the universe before it's completely cooked, but um, I'm excited. Me Paul's too. Excited. I'm excited. See you in space. Right, we'll catch you in two weeks' time. Be good, be safe. See you later. Have babies. penal sexual vaginal penetration but some religious doctrines hold that there is an additional requirement that no contraception must be used so you gotta go bear back right well now we know there you go you are you are a consummate professional and it's not about having sex with the microphone it's 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 showing great skill and flair is this number 29 29 is it number 29 it is it's got to be in it. Shit. Hang on. I feel like that's the kind of thing I should probably check. I'm in. I've got two new followers. What? What are you doing, mate? Two in a day? Fuck off. You that's lying. us, mate. That's us. That's the Idle Hands podcast. We got is, that how, is that how we roll? Yeah. Idle Hands.
How many followers have you got? Have you, have you got 400 yet? 393. Ooh, come on, people. 393. Yeah. Okay. So this is episode 29. 29. This is when we lose all 393 <laughs> followers. <laughs> okay. Right, let's get recording. <laughs>